church please stand Lord we just come with expectation this morning thankfulness for the things that you've given us
be God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have, have mercy. mercy. Lord, have mercy.
tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. You choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve it. You take the together the collect. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The children would come forward. All right. There you are. You look great this morning. And you, all of you wonderful children. (laughs) All right, if you would... Reach out your hands and pray with me for these young people. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have put among us such wonderful people. We ask, Lord, that you would watch over them always. Keep them safe in your care. Fill them with courage 
and knowledge and wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning's first reading comes from Ezekiel, chapter 34, beginning in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. And I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will, I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in, the judgment, in judgment. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. Because you have pushed with side and shoulder... Butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 95, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God. In his hand are all the deep places of the earth. The sea is his, for he made it. O come, let us worship and bow down. For he is our God. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my works. For forty years I was grieved with that generation, and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. 
This morning's New Testament reading is from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 21 through 28. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. The word of the Lord. Amen. on our lips and on our hearts as we hear his holy gospel the holy gospel of our lord jesus christ according to saint matthew glory to you lord jesus christ we are reading from matthew's gospel chapter 25 beginning at verse 31 when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? 
Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. And he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to thee, Lord Lord Christ.
be seated. I love that song. I love that part, the amens, right? It's like, amen, it's finished, it is done, I agree, amen. Everything in that song about God is for you, he is for you. You sing that over and over again, and you think like, oh, I'm going to write a song, I'm a brilliant musician, right? I'm coming up with these amazing lyrics, and it's like, he is for you, okay, what next? He is for you, okay, what next? He is for you, what next? He is for you, amen? Like, praise God, thank you, Jesus. I know I need to hear it about a thousand times a day. He is for you. Amen. Okay. Worship band taking me all off my thing, but hopefully where he's leading us. So today we're going to talk about connection. You may have seen a graphic. You may have seen some things up there. I would argue that we are seeing one of the most disconnected times at least in living memory, where people are not only disconnected at a national level, not only disconnected at a state level or city level, but their families are torn apart in this culture where dads are not with their kids, where women and men are not getting married and having kids, where the entire plan of God for the earth is being turned over in the sense that we are being sold an idea that it's all about you. It's all about you. When God from the very beginning said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so when we celebrate this day, it's this great high feast in the church calendar, Christ the King Sunday. What do we read about? We read about how When we meet the king, he will respond to us based on how we treat one another. It's so deeply interwoven in God's plan that when Jesus showed up, he didn't build himself a castle. He didn't lay out a plan for the betterment of society. In fact, instead, he came and he said, the whatever you do to the least of these, you've done to me. That is the kingdom we serve. So when I say that Christ the King Sunday is all about connection, I mean not only vertically, but even more importantly, horizontally. That's what Jesus emphasizes in the gospel today. If you want that connection with me, you've got to love them. So when we talk here, we're going to talk about how God's plan is that we would be his body on earth. He came into his kingdom at the ascension. He is seated on the right hand of God, ruling and reigning. But he chose to use us, his ambassadors, to a lost and dying world. And so when we talk about connection with one another, we're talking about God's plan to initiate his reign on earth. We're talking about Christ the King made evident in us. In fact, the entire New Testament is mainly Paul, aside from the Gospels, it's mainly Paul dealing with a bunch of people just like you. A bunch of church members trying to figure out how to live in a world where sometimes it doesn't look like Christ is in charge. How do we live in a world 
where we know Christ is reigning, and yet he expects us to be his ambassadors to this world? That's the questions that Paul was answering and wrestling with with the church. And so in Colossians 2, verses 1 and 2, he expresses that to these believers in Colossians. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You can leave that slide up. I'm going to talk about those words here. First of all, I want your hearts to be encouraged this morning. Christ is king. Everything that you could hope for can be found in him and his kingdom. And not only that, as we just sang, he is for you. If God is for you, who can stand against you? So be encouraged this morning. But how are you going to be encouraged when you go out into a world that likes to beat us up a little bit? That really there's an enemy who seeks your destruction. Well, you're encouraged by being knit together in love. That's how. I guarantee you that you could have the best theology in the world. You could say all the right things. But if you're alone, you're not going to make it. God made us to be connected to one another. God made us to fight this fight with one another. Because there's going to come a day when you mess up, where you fall down, or where you just can't take it anymore. And where do you go? You run to your father and your brothers and your sisters, your mothers, your fathers. I know in my life, There are several moments where I didn't know what to do. And yes, I went to God and I prayed to him. But do you know how God showed up? In my pastors, in my brothers, in the people in my life who love me, who are for me, whether I deserve it or not. So when we talk about this and we talk about being knit together in love, it sounds completely the opposite of the culture that we are in right now. Everything I see says that what people are doing is they are isolating themselves from one another. Connections are weaker than ever before. Many people say they have no close friends or relatives, that they have nobody that they talk to every week, that they touch base with, that they encounter outside of work. Some of them with online working don't see anybody at all. They wave to their Amazon delivery driver. What a tragedy. The whole world is meant to be built on the connection between God and man, man and one another. And we're building that in our church. We're knitting each other together in love. God is doing that with us organically. I can just tell you this. Praise report. Y'all are doing a great job. I love you guys. I love being with you. There is so much goodness happening at St. Michael's Church. It is a wonderful place to be. God has more for us. Because 
not only are we to be encouraged, not only are we going to be knit together in love, but he actually wants us to realize, to reach the full assurance of understanding of the knowledge of God's mystery. What's God's mystery? Trick question. I want an answer. What's God's mystery? Christ. It's actually on the screen. (laughs) Which is Christ. So when we talk about being the ambassadors of Christ in the world, there's a very real way that we actually get to be Jesus in the world. Us, the church. We get to bring his presence with us. And all those lonely people get to encounter love through us. Now, I think there's a lot of lonely people in here. Or at least we have moments of loneliness. We're being challenged and called today to greater connection. That's what we're talking about. So what does it look like? Well, let me talk about this. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greek, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So what does it look like to be knit together in love? It looks the same way as my fingers are knit together in my hand. The same way that my head is knit together on my body. A connection that brings life, that brings unity, that brings effectiveness. You know, if my arm's not knit together, I'm not doing anything with it. It doesn't work. It's lifeless. We, our bodies, are a picture of the unity that we are called to represent. The unity of the body of Christ. Now, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. That is an amazing phrase in this passage that sometimes goes over our head. Like, yeah, we get it. Because you know what? We've been living with it for 2,000 years. But when Paul wrote that, that was a bomb that was planted in the minds of the world because there was no Jews or Greeks who cares. There was a deep and abiding enmity between Jews, Greeks, slaves, free. And the idea that they're all equal is only found in the goodness of Christ and his kingdom. You know what that means for us today? It means Katie and Hannah aren't more important than any of you. As wonderful as they are, singing like angels up here. They actually have the same worth as you. It doesn't take them down a notch. It brings you right up with them. All of us are worthy. It means we find our worth not in being the pastor of St. Michael's. It it means we find our worth not in being the most important server, the most important usher. I mean, Sam's been an usher since the dinosaurs were here. But it doesn't make him more important than us. Love that guy. But think about this. Everyone here has equal value, is equally desired. God chose you. Hold on. My uh, printing is uh, upside down. Here we go. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's continue with verse 14. Sorry. I thought there was more there. (laughs) Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And then Paul goes, you know, have you guys seen this in the world? Uh, they do this slash S, which is when you want to say something sarcastic, 
but you know it's not going to come across really well in text. This is where Paul gets a little bit slash s sarcastic, right? What does he say? If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. He's not just making a benign point. He's being a little humorous here. Like, how dumb is it for the foot to try and pretend because it's not a hand, it's not a part of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I don't belong to the body, would that make it any less a part of the body? And then here he comes. If the body were, a, were an eye, that's it. Where would be the sense of hearing? If the body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? He's not just making these like basic kindergarten level references. It's meant to be funny. Like, who do you think you are? You think you're the most important or you think you're the least important? Either way, you're wrong. What would you be if you were just an ear? Nothing. What would you be if you were just an eye? Nothing. You'd be incomplete. You'd be broken. What would we be if you weren't here? We'd be missing something. Everyone here brings a member of the body of Christ. There'd be no fingers if some of you guys left. There'd be no eyes. There'd be no ears. There'd be no feet. And what do those things do? They go out into the world and they bring love, the kingdom of God, into the world. I want my feet to get out there. I want you here. That's what Paul's talking about. They have this silly thing going on in their church. We would never do this. Where like some people thought they were more important than others. And some people felt left out. Like I don't really need to be there. That would never happen here, I'm sure. But Paul is addressing this head on and saying, if you think you don't belong or you don't matter when you don't show up, you're wrong. You are wanted. You are needed. In a world that has an epidemic of loneliness... We are standing from the rooftop shouting, we want you here. We want you connected. We want you apart. We need you. You're a part of us. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I think this is happening, these isolated, lonely people. One, I think, I'm just going to come up and say it, and I hope nobody here gets offended. Uh, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody. I think some people are just self-absorbed. Selfish and self-absorbed. I got some snaps in the back. (laughs) I don't know if you're confessing or agreeing. (laughs) Some people are just self-absorbed, right? Think about it, right? They don't go out of their way to serve others. They don't go out of their way to connect with others because guess what? They've got their own plans. They've got their own things. They've got their own pleasures, their own work, their own stuff to do. What a tragedy, because that's who Christ was talking about in his gospel today. He said to some people, the goats, don't be a goat, not like Tom Brady, right? That's a different type of goat. Don't be a goat. Don't be the person who, when you find somebody in need, in prison, in sickness, in hunger, in thirst, you're too busy doing your own thing to see them. I I love that passage where they say, Christ, when did we see you sick or naked or alone? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you hungry? That's the point. They didn't even see him. They didn't even see him. Open your eyes. He's all around us. What were we singing? Within us. 
Christ within us, the hope of glory. So don't be selfish. Be connected. Selfishness leads to aloneness. In Proverbs 18.1, it says, A man who isolates himself pursues selfishness and defies all sound judgment. Don't be selfish. Don't isolate yourself. Stay connected. Now, there's another reason, I think, that people are alone. And it's because they don't know that they, they, they don't think that they are good enough, they don't think they are loved, and they don't think that they are wanted. And I think that's an epidemic in our culture. Are you a non-essential worker? To call back a few years back in the dark days of COVID. How many dehumanizing things have we been told by the media that talk about this idea that you are just a cog in the machine? Netflix wants you to watch Netflix, not because they want you to be more connected to people. They want you to watch Netflix and isolate from everyone else so that you will stay connected to them. Every company wants that. They want you to be connected to them. And you know, let me just tell you, you've seen the matrix, right? A lot of people know what we're talking about. All those tubes that are going into the guy when he comes up and he's like coming into the real world and he's sustained by all these tubes. You could just write like the mainstream media, Facebook, YouTube on all those tubes. That's how they want you to get everything you need. But how empty is it? They're pumping you with chemicals that aren't even what you need. All you need is to connect with one another and with God and change the world. Out of our connection, out of our love for one another, the whole world will be changed. But you need to know that you are enough. Because Christ died to make you enough. You're not enough by yourself. Let me be clear. If I haven't been clear enough so far, you're enough by his grace, by being connected with the body. And God knows he died that you would hear the message, you are loved. He died so that you would know that you are wanted. He paid the ultimate price for you. Fight self-absorption and accept the love of God. That will take the form of connecting with one another. There's no other way to fight self-absorption and to accept the love of God except to be worked in to the body of Christ. There's not an alternate pathway where you go out and you find yourself somewhere in the world. No, you find yourself right here with people who love you, who are called by God to join with you and to become the body of Christ. Amen? Okay. Let's keep reading here. Verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The church doesn't exist without you. We can have a pretty building. We could even have Father Powell show up and do some words and Bishop Kessler and myself. And It's not church until you guys show up. Right? It's not church until we're serving the people of Christ. When we gather together, we become the body of Christ together. And God arranged the members of the body. So wherever you're at, he chose you to be. 
Now, he has more for you. He'll invite you as far as you want to go, but he has made a way for you. He has a place for you here. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Don't ask me what unrepresentable unrepresentable parts mean. Please, we're good. He's making a point here. Even those things that you cover up, that's a form of honoring them. What he's trying to make the comparison to is that you who feel like the outcast, the outsider, the one who isn't wanted or needed, God wants to show you even greater honor. Those people who seem to be weaker are actually shown the greater honor. Now I want to tell a quick story at this point about these parts of the body and kind of some of the ridiculousness there. My sister Madeline and Charlotte were in an awful car accident on Friday night. Just awful. And by God's grace, they are sitting here today in good health. Praise God. I mean, when I tell you This is a miracle today that we have in our midst. I mean that so seriously. (laughs) God is for you. So let me say it this way, right? I'm not calling Madeline and Charlotte the unrepresentable parts. (laughs) My point in bringing them up, right? They get in this awful car accident. We get the pictures. We're like, holy cow. I mean, my dad and mom were able to get there and see what was going on. They go to the hospital. They had a couple concussions and a broken thumb. That was it. But let me tell you this, and this is my big point. First of all, God is moving in our midst. And we need to take a moment to praise him when these things happen. How easy it would be to just go back to life and be like, wow, what a crazy thing. Honda makes really great cars, you know. They're probably fine because of the safety measures in the Honda. It's like, no, no, no. They're fine because God himself cares about you. And he will show up in your life if you have eyes to see. And let me talk about Madeline's thumb here. You may not think about how important your thumbs are as we're talking about the members of the body. But I guarantee you, for the next couple of weeks, Madeline's going to be very aware of the importance of even the smallest members of her body as she suffers in agony. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. But the deeper lesson is thinking about this. What if they weren't here this morning? The members of God's body, of Christ's body, matter. Open your eyes. It's not... Nothing that we're here together today in the presence of Almighty God. With love for one another, with community, with connection. I am beyond blessed to be here. And from the moment we walked in and heard the first song, I just felt this joy over being with you here today. The members of the body of Christ, one with another. Not a single one of you 
less important in the eyes of God and in his church. I'm happy you're here. Either way, Madeline's a great storyteller. So if you want to hear the story, she tells it best. They were listening to this song as they were driving from the Prince of Egypt. And it's, uh, there can be miracles when you believe. That's what they're listening to as <laughs> this whole thing goes down. It's just incredible. God is so good. Um, but the, pa- the part in this passage that I really want to highlight with this story is this idea that the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. How often do we look at each other and in our hearts we say, I have no need of you. We treat people like we have no need of them. That's absurd. I need you. I could say that about everyone in this room. I need you. We need one another. Continuing, it says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be, may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Don't be divided. I need you. What a silly idea. I mean, you could just imagine the guy who's like hitting his head, like the hands angry at the head or the foot. You're like kicking the side of a wall because you don't like the foot. Like, why would we fight? Why would we be divided? Now, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Yes, conflict happens in the church because it makes us, when you let God into it, it can make us who we're called to be. We call out the best in each other and we rub off the worst. But don't be divided. You can do that in unison. Okay, last verse here. 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You know what this means? This one's a hard one. This one I struggle with on occasion. When somebody who has a penchant for drinking too much on the weekends shows up with a hangover on Monday morning, we don't get to celebrate the fact that they're getting their just desserts. We don't get to celebrate the suffering of others. No matter how justified we make ourselves feel. That's just one example. But man, how often do we find reasons to be happy that somebody else is suffering? Or to just not see it. It says when one member suffers, all suffers. In order for you to feel the suffering of another person, you have to see them. I don't just mean with your eyes. I mean you have to stop and see them in that way that the Bible has where it uses these words with such a deeper, richer meaning. Seeing somebody. Or another way this could happen. Your car just got totaled in a car accident. Then somebody comes in complaining about a flat tire. What do they know about suffering? I am the victim here. Don't do that. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you have a flat tire. See them. We don't get to compare suffering. We share it. It, It's so clear in certain moments, but we forget it all the other times. At funerals, there's this beautiful moment. I've been to so many funerals in this church where I have just felt the love of God because we shared our suffering. That's how it's meant to be. We come together. We weep together. We 
connect, connected, sorry, alone, it could have taken us out. But connected, God is able to move in miraculous ways. So let me get to the fun side. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. When you love one another, when your hearts are knit together, when you start to understand the mystery of Christ in our midst, then you can celebrate one another well. How awful is our culture at this? Anybody's gain is our loss. That's what our culture wants us to believe. And we can fight in the gladiator pit of capitalism and zero-sum games and all this stuff. I mean, it's like, holy cow, God is a God of abundance. There is no zero sum. There's only infinite goodness. So your promotion is a promotion for the kingdom. Your new car is a new car for the kingdom. Your new anything, it's for the kingdom. We all get to celebrate. How silly we are to be jealous of one another. We're all in the family together and God has no end of gifts for those who believe. All of this is to call us to the next level of what God's doing at St. Michael's. Because what God's doing at St. Michael's is he's making us a people who can welcome more people. Our pews are not full enough. There are people out there who need to be in here. And if we aren't the body of Christ with one another... If we're just a squabbling factions of jealous anger and division, let's keep them away. They get plenty of that at work in other places in this culture. I want them to come here because they see how we love one another. That's what Christ said. How will they know you're my disciples? Because you love one another. And thank God we're at St. Michael's where you guys are doing an awesome job of it. But there's so much more. So much more. We could love each other even more. We can grow even more. We can bring people in and we can see the kingdom come in this place. And we can spread the body of Christ throughout all of San Clemente. And as Father Powell was saying at our men's meeting, all of Southern Orange County. Why not? Millions of people need to know the love of God. It never ends. We serve a kingdom that never ends. Okay, I'm going to stop because I've been going for a while, but I just want to leave you with this. If you feel alone, if you feel disconnected, if you feel the call today on your heart to press in, listen to that call. You are loved. You are enough. You are wanted here. I need you. Amen? Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us man and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man. 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, and the Father and the Son together worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, since Christ is King of kings, let us go boldly before him with confidence for our needs and those of the whole world. That the church will proclaim Christ as king without shame or fear and be a reflection of his heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, that God, the true shepherd, will unite his people in love. Lord, in your mercy, that all nations will honor Christ as king, the Lord and giver of life, and abolish the practices of abortion and euthanasia. Lord, in your mercy, that leaders of nations will exercise their power with care and concern for all those they serve. Lord, in your mercy, that God will pour out his Holy Spirit generously upon all mankind. Lord, in your mercy, that we will see Christ in the poor, the stranger, the sick, and the imprisoned. Lord, in your mercy, that parents will raise up the next generation to be open to God's call to the priesthood and other Christian service. Lord, in your mercy, that we will be a thankful people, acknowledging our dependence upon God for all our needs. Lord, in your mercy, we look forward to the day when every knee shall bow, every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to be ready for the day when Jesus returns in glory. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Peace, Lord, be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. I have a couple of the announcements. You've been seeing these slides are so important, so always uh, mark your calendars as you see those things that pertain to you. A couple of things that I want to highlight today where we will be connecting. Next Saturday, we're going to be decorating for, uh, we're decorating for Christmas, but it's for Advent. I don't know how to explain that, but uh, I had a great turkey dinner on Thanksgiving and I'm ready for Christmas very excited so be here next saturday and we will uh, we will be decorating 
The men will lift the heavy things and the ladies will make it beautiful. Amen. And one more thing, too, is that if you have young people that are going to be 13 by Easter of this year, then catechism for them, all that are interested, starts next Sunday at 5 p.m. here. So let me know. Let Father Ed know if you want to be on that list. And we'll see you on next Sunday at 5 p.m. Amen. And other things. Yeah, so today uh, is Connection Sunday, which we are using as a way of launching our Connections table, which is going to be outside after the service, led by our very own Betty Mercer, wonderful lady over there. And I'm going to talk about a couple of things real quick. Uh, highlight some things for you to think about when it comes to connecting in our connections table. First of all, I'm going to call out uh, our ministries at this church, which are by almost every single one of these people is volunteering hours and hours of their time every week to serve us and the church. And so we just want to recognize them. So if I call your name, just stand up. And at the end, we'll give these leaders a round of applause Uh, leading our acolytes and our food pantry, our readings and our senior deacon. Uh, We've got Phil and Kelly Johnson. We have, uh, with leading our altar guild, making this space beautiful, we have Grace Barnes. Leading our worship and our audiovisual team, we have Katie and Micah Sampson. Our new connections table, as well as many of our events in so many other ways, including dance, we have Betty Mercer. Leading our nursery, our nursery care, we have Kristen Batterton and Becky Reed. Leading our Sunday school, we have Marie Madison and Joni Leclerc. Leading our ushers and one of our thriving home groups, we have Sam and Norma Mercer. And then our other home group leaders, myself and my beautiful wife, Haley, who's in the nursery right now. And we have Eric and Becky leading our third big home group. And then Thomas and Kristen, who lead our youth group. And I just want to give all of these ministry leaders a special round of applause for all the work that they do. And I'm going to ask one more thing before you guys sit down. If you help with any ministry that I just called, then please stand up. Okay, you can sit down. You can sit down. I just wanted to point out that some people who I know helped didn't stand up at that moment, but we did have quite a few of our church. I mean, it's amazing to know that everything that happens here, it happens because of you guys, right? And so we wanted to have that demonstration and have people stand up so you could see all of these people who are connected, knit together in love to serve one another. And that's what our connections table is all about. We'll have information about upcoming events.
We'll have sign-up sheets for all of these ministries that you heard talked about. Or if you just want to connect with our weekly newsletter or you want to know how you can be connected and plugged in, all of that information will be after the service at our connections table, led by Betty Mercer. She's also looking for volunteers to be a part of that table. It's going to be an amazing season as we see what God does. Because once again, I want to emphasize all of this, this push for connection, this push to be involved is because you don't know what God has coming right around the corner for us and for this church, but it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for our tithes and offering. I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord.
doggone if that ain't true. <laughs> I don't know any place I'd rather be with any other people I'd rather be with. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we'll proclaim your mighty works, for you've called us out of darkness in your own wonderful light. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. Humbly we pray that partaking in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and 
all of our clergy, members especially those who were sick or infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. <coughs> Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken, and if we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you've made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, with the apostles and the martyrs, and all the saints who've gone before us. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we're bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <coughs> and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who were called to the supper of the Lamb. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. still God in the waiting You're still God in a storm You're still God 
in the silence You're still God when it's hard You are Alpha Omega Beginning and end Savior Messiah Moses friend and you're still I don't understand you're still God of provision yes you're still God of hope you're still God of the harvest You're still God of overflow. You are Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. Savior, Messiah, Rosa, Sharon, you are healer, redeemer, my closest friend. And you're still God when I don't understand. Yes, you're still God when nothing makes sense. Yes, you're still God, so I'll build my life on them. You are who you say you are. Who you say you are, you are who you say you are. You are who you say you are, you are who you say you are, you are who you say you are. And I've seen it that you are who you say you are, you are who you say.
his strength. Yes, you're still God when I don't understand. Yes, you're still God when nothing makes sense. Yes, you're still God, so I'll build my life on this. Amen. Speaking of close friends, is. My dear friend, hi, Lynn. We'd love to have you with us. You're such a great gal and an inspiration to all of us. I just love you to death. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Say, Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of Heaven, hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of souls. The Lord be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not angry, and he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake you. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.
God, so I'll build my life 